At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I just want to read a couple of scriptures that we read this morning, and then I want to end with this one passage. I'm not going to share for very long tonight. But in, in Proverbs 29 and 18, it says, Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, it says in the New King James, where there's no revelation, where there's no revelation coming, the people perish. So, so vision comes from the Word being revealed to us. And the only, the only place that revelation can come from is from the Holy Spirit. There, there's no revelation outside of the Holy Spirit revealing to us what we need in life. So where there's no revelation, where there's no consistency of the Holy Spirit in our life having His way, where we're yielding to Him, if we don't have that, then people cast off restraint. But if you have vision, then you wear the restraint. And and the restraint is not to bind you up. The restraint is to empower you to not get out of your lane. Get over here in, in, in... weird and strange ideas and thinking. And, and we read from the Scripture today that there's a lot of people in these last days that have a lot of very strange and weird ideas when, you know, the Word is the Word, and you have to stay with the Word. And when you stay with the Word, then you, have, you, you create, you stay with the Word, and you stay with the Holy Spirit. It creates vision, revelation, redemptive revelation, so that you where the restraint, you don't perish, right? From the words used in the King James to the words used in the New King James, vision comes from revelation. Casting off restraint produces a life that is perishing. We don't want to perish. We're here living this life to advance. There are things that you have on your list tonight, maybe some of those that you've rolled over, I have, I have consistently, we've, my wife and I have had a list of things for years that we've stood for, believed God for. Some of those things manifest in, the, in, in a calendar year. Some of those things don't. You roll them over. You keep believing. Can you say amen? It's not a defeat. Well, you know, I got four things. Whatever. You get one thing that gets manifested. Listen, God's not about timetables. You understand? A day's a thousand years to God. There's no timetables with God. What he's looking for is revelation and develop faith coming in the person's life. Then you can handle the things that you believe God for. And sometimes what I've noticed is I had things on my list and maybe a time or two or three or whatever through the years, I've realized, you know what, I don't really know that that was God's will. I just kind of erase it. So make sure you write yours down in pencil. No. So I just kind of removed that, and that really wasn't necessarily God, right? I mean, we're growing how to hear, how to yield, how to learn what he wants for our life. I don't know about you, but all I want is what he wants for me. I'm not writing a list of things trying to get God to bless something that's not his will for my life. Because I promise you, it's no good. Nobody knows your life like God knows your life. Can you say amen? So the other thing I mentioned this morning, I want to read this verse uh, Philippians 4, 5 in the Amplified, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. 
right? Understanding how vital it is that we begin to develop vision and redemptive revelation for how vital it is to live a life that is unselfish. Because an unselfish life is free from pride. And pride comes before destruction. And the reason that so many Christians live destructive lives is because of the pride. Because they're not developing in their life an unselfish attitude about approaching life and how we deal with life. Because when you're, when you're about yourself, you're in control. And you're not a good controller of your life. He needs to be in control, giving you the help that you need to be able to take over your life under His direction and see things come to pass. Huge difference. Huge difference. That's why we've got to get the me-me thing out of us and get focused over onto what He sees about things and learning how to live an unselfish life in the lives of other people because that's where it matters. And that's kind of where the telltale signs come, you know, when you see that you're about yourself and not about other people. So we got to change that. And I'm just saying, I'm giving you, I've encouraged you this morning and in the last few weeks, encouraged you to begin to develop that lifestyle day to day, situation to situation. And, you know, for me, I can say me today, not me when I first started, but me today, I want the difficult ones. Well, okay, I, that little thing over there, you know, I got rid of that. No, 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 that, that little thing will crop back up because that will become a big thing. But you go after the tougher cases and tougher situations, and you conquer those things, the other things will just kind of, they'll, they'll be gone. You don't have to, you, you may have, you may think you have a dozen things to deal with. You go after things that are really a, kind of difficult, you, they appear to be difficult, they're not to him, and if you let him control you and empower you to overcome these, all of a sudden you realize all of it's gone because you went after the things that are, are the more difficult ones. That's what I go after first. Can you say amen to that? So, I, I want to just read this passage, a very familiar passage to us in this body. It's out of 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1. And it's, I'm reading it out of the NIV, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, in, out of the NIV. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. Did you know one thing that was missing in that passage right there? You. Let's read it again. Let's see if you see you in there. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for yourself all the time. No? You, you weren't in there. Does that mean we're not supposed to pray for ourselves? No, because the Bible tells us we should, right? But here is a passage of Scripture that I feel like, because 
what the last part says here, it says that we may live a peaceful, quiet life in all godliness and holiness. Then it says this. This is good, and it pleases the head of the church, Jesus Christ. It pleases him who wants all people saved and all people, in, in essence, all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, he just told us how all people are going to get saved and all people are going to come to the knowledge of the truth and it's going to take me thinking more about other people than I think about myself. Let's read that again. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for, you know, people I like. No, for all people. And, and, you know, he didn't say it in there, but I'll just, it didn't, it didn't not say this. I'll just interject people that you don't really like. You know, because if you're going to get over being moved by people that irritate you, if you're going to get over that, one of the best things you can do is pray for them. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know if I want to pray for them. I don't know if I want them blessed. So you got to get the one to. And so just start doing it. And one of the great ways to pray over people is to pray Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Ephesians uh, and, and Colossians 1, the three prayers that we talk about around here a lot. You pray those over people because what that's praying for, see, if somebody's being ugly, somebody has attitude, somebody's doing something, they got a problem, right? And if you're countering that by praying that the eyes of their understanding be open and enlightened, that they come to the knowledge of the truth in different things, that, that, that they come to a place of understanding how great and powerful that the Word of God is. That's what those prayers talk about. And when you start praying those prayers over people, it's amazing the exchange that's involved. You find yourself wanting to see people blessed. But what's really good is when... You start praying, and you get over that, and you can be, you can even, you know, have a good attitude around somebody that irritates you or whatever it would be. You can begin to have a good attitude. Uh, it, it's a victory, and I'm telling you, it's a victory like no other victory. It really is. It, it's an amazing victory. And when you start praying for people, and you begin to see their lives change, and they get better, and you can't take any credit for it. And you know what? At the end of the day, when you're starting to do this and you're developing like this, you don't want any credit for it. Because see, because it didn't come because of how good you are. It came because of revelation that came to you about how you want to do what things that please him. The Savior of the world, the head of the church, it says it pleases him for you and I to first of all, so it didn't say we're not supposed to pray for ourselves or these things and that. But first of all, let's pray for all people and kings and all those in authority. And we've taught around here how to do that. We've taught a lot about that, about how to do that. And God this year wants us going to new levels of unselfishness and be empowered to walk that way every day so that we're pleasing Jesus and we're seeing in the earth people come into the kingdom like never before. I'm just saying gates of the city this year 
We're about people getting saved. About March of last year, God began to deal with me about that. I began to make changes in my personal life about how I treated people. I began to, I began to, I shared stories with you about how I began to minister to street people. People that are on the street looking for money and I, I, how God showed me and I've been doing that for a long time. And, and when I, when I, when one of them is right before me, the first thing I ask them, they'll ask me usually for money. I ask them what their name is. And I have a whole list of these people that I have their name and I'm praying for them every day. That they're coming to the knowledge of the truth and that they're getting saved. I've seen a number of them saved as I've ministered to them, but not all of them. It wasn't right. But somewhere they'll get saved because I'm praying for that every single day. Can you say amen to that? Right? And so how we're doing that and how we're going to see this accomplished, as I said, in March God began to deal with me about this. And and we saw... Things happen through the year as I encourage you to take cards and pass them out and encourage people to come because everybody needs a church. This isn't the church for everybody, but everybody needs a church. Everybody needs a church family where they're fed and they're taught the Word of God. Everybody needs that. So as we did that through the summer and through the end of the year and our Word First Conference and how all that culminated and where we're going from here is we're seeing people born again. Amen? We're here to raise born-again people up and teach them the truth so that they come to the knowledge of the truth, right? You can't just get them born again and leave them floundering, same as you would if a baby was born in the natural and you left that child to be raised up on its own. No, it's going to, it will, that child would die out, and that's what happened That's what happens without revelation, you perish, right? But when you have vision and redemptive revelation that is is continuing in your life on a day-to-day basis, you're wearing the restraint well, you're not perishing, you're advancing, you're receiving, you're, you're getting all that God has to be a blessing to other people. He created you to be blessed to be a blessing. Blessed, empowered by Him to be a blessing. That's what he created us to do. And so tonight, I'm just reiterating what I shared with you this morning, that it is God's will for you and I to be unselfish people. He created you that way. And for whatever past all of us have, somewhere in our past, we learned how to think about ourselves too much. I'm not looking at anybody, think myself included. We, 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 we were created, we, we were not created for selfishness, but we learned how to be selfish from the time we came out of the womb. We learned how to be selfish. And it's time to die to that and take up the cross of Jesus Christ daily and live in this life under his direction and his command, not ourselves, not being about ourselves. 
I, I, you'll hear, you're going to hear it from me all year long in different ways, different forms, different fashion about how vital this is to the success of our individual lives, the success of the church, the success of our community, the success of the nation and the planet. Let your unselfishness be known to all men because the Lord is near. The Lord's coming. And we don't, unselfishness is, you'll, is a way of life in heaven also. But in, in heaven, there's no resistance to it. Down here, as we live by faith and trust in God, we're able to overcome that me, me mentality and, and the society that we live in that's all about us. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.